This podcast was recorded on May 18th, 2021. Hello, ladies and gentlemen and people outside the binary. Broken Class is now in session. I'm your discussion leader, Thomas Huda. And what a pleasure it is today, actually on election day, to sit across from a gentleman who, like me, is fully vaccinated here in beautiful Emerald Park in the River Road community. Um, we're having so much fun. You should get vaccinated because I can really see this guy's face. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like a blast from the past. Um, and you are the president of NAMI Lane County. You're on the board of directors of NAMI Lane County. For people who don't know, that's the National Alliance on Mental Illness, yeah. Lane County. Daniel, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. Cool. Um, I like to start off the show right off the bat by asking people, what is a controversial opinion that you have about anything? Uh, well, you're not a Star Wars fan, so this is going to be a little high highbrow, but mm. I think... Rogue One is in the top three of Star Wars movies. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, better than New Hope. Better than New Hope? <laughs> um, what do people consider to be like one of the best? It's not like Phantom Menace. Oh, uh, Empire Strikes Back is always at the top. Right. Uh, that's that's that old one, right? Yeah, it's not it's the, the middle. The, it's the middle of the first three. Okay. And okay. then usually there's a toss up back and forth between two and three. But I think Rogue One uh, does it. I. Yeah. Of all the new ones, I mean, it had the comedy, which was there from the first series. It had action. It was like Saving Private Ryan in a, um, with uh, lasers. Really? <laughs> this is two in a row episodes that Saving Private Ryan were mentioned. Oh, so there yeah. we go. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm pretty illiterate on the issues like, I, like I've, I've told you about Star Wars. But is Empire Strikes Back one that George Lucas ruined later? No. I, I you know, the original three were... Um, it's really hard to go in and start messing around with something from your past. It's like when right. they redid Indiana Jones. You know, I mm -hmm. actually saw George Lucas um, live. I went and saw a Star Wars in concert. He mm -hmm. came and sat about three rows away from me, and I could not resist telling him to quit screwing around my childhood. <laughs> I don't want to see Goonies six. Um, <laughs> you know, like, leave it alone, please. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's a hard you know uh, bar to hit, and so I think they really did it with the Rogue One. Right, right. And for people who don't know, I I, I think that. Um, mostly most of my knowledge comes from a South Park episode where they make fun of George Lucas for having said, oh, a robot chicken. right, right, right. Saying, saying, oh, we, we would have like loved to be able to use this modern technology and CGI that didn't exist at the time. So now you're getting it. The real directorial vision. Yeah. Um, I can hear my girlfriend groaning, by the way. She can't stand anything to do with Star Wars. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I think Star Trek is cooler. Not that I've seen any of that either. Just seems like the uniforms are nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's the old Seinfeld and line. wasn't LeVar Burton on that? It was, yeah. And I really want LeVar Burton to be the host I of do too. I, I, it's either him or Ken Jennings, but I, I like LeVar. I think yeah, he's, he's yeah. Do yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into the fact that you had reached out to me specifically about an event that you guys are putting on yep. uh, um, on this weekend. Um, but, you know, my loyal podcast listeners will surely listen for another few minutes at least before tuning out. So <laughs> let's talk broadly before we talk yeah. about this really exciting virtual event. Yeah. Um, this semi-virtual because it's not like just people just sitting behind their computers. Um, but but tell me about NAMI Lane County and um, what what does the organization do? So NAMI Lane County serves as kind of a clearinghouse for mental health mm. um, in Lane County. We act as spokespeople on different mental issues um, in the community for different organizations. So we send folks out to talk about it. We also have a library that allows folks who are experiencing, either experiencing mental illness themselves or family members um, who are inquisitive about a particular disorder to come and learn. And we also have support groups for folks who might need to learn a little bit more or connect with others who are experiencing the same issues themselves. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, um, I, I've seen a few support groups that people I've known have participated in um, and that I, I've even participated in as well. I'll get into a little bit of my personal mental health journey probably at some point. Yeah. But things like um, um, hearing voices groups and, and, and things that, that, that are specifically for people um, you know, experiencing certain features of this large umbrella of mental health and mental illness. That's one of the things... Um, I talked with Laurel O'Rourke a little bit about disability and how disability is, it is a, a, an identity group. It's an issue. It's a, it's a, it's a set of experiences, but it's so vast that it's, that it's certainly not something one can easily, um, say, you know, they understand all of it. It's it's one of the few that has a stigma attached to it, Mm -hmm. um, that is unlike any other, um, disability. I mean, no one walks around and yells at people because they're in a wheelchair, (laughs) but people will blame you if you have bipolarism or if you're depressed or have anxiety um and that's just bizarre to me <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely um and, and it is a really interesting thing too because um when we i would say so i was diagnosed as bipolar and uh, i'm not totally sure how much i agree with that diagnosis but i certainly think that um i i don't think i've never thought of myself as neurotypical ever since i first learned <laughs> that word i was like ooh i'm neuro not typical <laughs> neurodivergent <laughs> you know and i and i've since kind of come to believe that i'm on the autism spectrum okay. probably could have been diagnosed with aspergers but then i learned later like isn't that named after a nazi or something and if you know mm. much about that mm. no okay so I, I so my my understanding i heard from a friend of mine was that Asperger's uh, disorder was kind of the um, way that, the, that again, I could be wrong because you probably know more about this than me, but uh, here we are on a podcast discussing issues that may, sure. might or might not be completely true. The, the, the National Socialists in Germany said they were going to, uh, they were trying to identify the, the good autistic people. Um, and so the people who maybe didn't have the most acute issues and that's how they, that's how they came up with that delineation. And, and some, um, progressive people most recently have kind of said, we, we consider everybody to be under the autism spectrum if they, if they have that, that diagnosis. Well, just, you know, my, I don't, I have initials after my last name, but it's, it's none of them are mental health. Mm, <laughs> mm. I came to mental health from tragedy. Um, mm. my best friend died from mental health. Um, and it was, you know, I figured, that uh, I was I, the first few years, I was just be pissed off at the world. Yeah. Um, but I figured the world was going to win, so I figured I'm going to devote my attention to public policy and doing as much as I can in that area. So I first joined the Suicide Prevention Coalition here in Lane County. I've been working toward reducing the suicide rate in Lane County, which is just off the charts. Yes. Uh, the suicide rate in Lane County is four times greater than 84 percent of the counties in the country. And four times greater than. Yeah. Wow. And if you live in Junction City, uh, Cottage Grove, or Florence, it's twice that rate. Yeah. So we just love killing each other in this in this county, and we're not doing enough about it. So it yeah. was I can sit around and be angry, or I can do something about it. Absolutely. I mean, I was um, walking into a a building the other day, and uh, basically the person at the desk um, they were there was a social services agency, and um, they had said, "Hey, Thomas." you didn't happen to see somebody outside um, hanging off of the building, did you? Um, and I said, no, I did not see that. And they said, well, we got a call about somebody who might be doing that. This was a downtown on, on Olive, near pretty much like, um, not Olive, but sorry, Oak and Broadway, roughly. Okay. And um, there's that parking garage. 
And I and I, of course I went outside immediately and I and I looked and I said, well, I got to take that seriously and look. And uh, I did not see any sign of an individual hanging off the building. So I came back in and I let the woman know. And it was certainly one of those things that I hate to say it, but it doesn't seem that out of the ordinary. And and in, in our community for us to be pretty desensitized to those kinds of things. To hear, to hear about people with suicidal ideations or people just at the end of their rope, probably in part because we do see a lot of people who um, are unhoused and, and who are not in the safest of conditions, let's say. Um, and I don't know, have you, what do you think about ways that we overcome that desensitization? Or do you, I mean, I know that you want to just make enough investments. Uh, you're working on a ballot measure for 2024 mm-hmm. to fix this freaking issue and, and, and make it so that we we're, we don't have to see it constantly and then be worn out by it. Well, there's a lot of myths that we constantly get fed um, and they, they're these sacred cows that never get challenged. And the beauty behind, well, I guess the silver lining about the pandemic is that we've had to been forced to challenge them. The yeah. idea that talking about it makes people commit suicide, and that's totally wrong, um, that uh, we found that actually the suicide rate in 2020 went down uh, for the first time in... Uh, about 19 years. Wow. Um, and it's something called the hero effect. It happens very, very rarely, and it has to happen when a certain number of kind of planets align. Mm. It has to be a national tragedy. It has to be where people across the board, across every spectrum, feel that there's something united we have to get um, against. So uh, 9-11 would be a good example of it. Uh, Pearl Harbor would be a good example of it. And so there's this kind of feeling that we have to unify towards some common thing. Um, which is what happened during the pandemic. And we're already on track in 2021 to have a dual year of reduction in our suicide rate, um, mm. not just in our county, not in our state, but also nationally. Wow. Uh, which so has never happened before. Wow. And I think that it's partly because we're forced to call and talk and communicate and check in with people that we maybe we would have checked in and said, hey, how are you doing, Thomas? And then hit the road. But now I'm forced to say, well, you know, really, how are you? And yeah. that human connection stops yeah. people from doing it. Wow. I'm I'm encouraged by that, and I wonder, as somebody with a lot more knowledge in this, um, so so how long have you been working in the the realm of mental health? Little uh, less than three years. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Um, but that's certainly um, a lot still uh, compared to um, the me, let's <laughs> say. And um, so building off of that, like momentum being a silver lining of trauma, yeah, and trying to move that forward into. Um, a, a new way forward. Uh, how, how, how do you think we can accomplish that? I think we can accomplish it from a number of different ways. Uh, the first is to start treating it as an actual part of healthcare. Um, <laughs> it is Duh. just meat and water inside of our head, much like your spleen is or your heart is. And the idea yeah. that we're not going to treat it the same is ridiculous. We know next to nothing about the brain. Um, we know more <laughs> about the deep ocean than we do about the brain at this point. Um, and we have uh, a long way to go in that regard. Uh, we need to start treating um, our outside space as not the asylum that we're going to cast people out into. Um, mm. Since the 1930s, we've done a good job of eliminating asylums across the country, but that has had a, a cruel effect on the mental health because we didn't solve mental health. It's not because we closed down mental asylums that all of a sudden we solved mental health in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had 7,100 beds uh, in state hospitals in, in Oregon. Uh, as late as about 50 years ago. We have 610 now for a state population wow. of 4 million. 
Wow. Just in Lane County, the number of people who need continual mental health treatment and observation is about 24,000, or about half the, the population required to fill Austin Stadium. Mm-hmm. And we have 600 vets. So this is, this is a tsunami of a problem that no right. one's talking about. Right. Um, and, of course, funding. Lots absolutely. and lots and lots and lots and lots of funding. Well, it seems a natural tie-in to um, something that you're trying to model after something that occurred in Denver. Yeah. Where um, you basically want to make uh, help make the largest investment in mental health services in, in our, state our state's history. history. Yeah. So let's talk about that ballot measure, and you're aiming for 2024. Yeah, 2024. What will it do? Here in Lane County, um, it would be modeled after something called the Caring for Denver Act. It was passed by one of my political heroes, uh, Leslie Harrod. She's a state representative, first gay woman, black member of the Oregon or the Colorado legislature. Mm. Um, and this is her first bill. Um, <laughs> it's her first bill? It was her first bill. Talk about wow. a home run. <laughs> wow. um, she came to it very similarly through true tragedy with her own family and mental health. Mm. Um, so what it did was it created a, a nonprofit foundation that public monies are captured every year from there through a sales tax. So ours would probably have to be a property tax. Um, and that money go into the foundation. And then that money is distributed to nonprofits, to NGOs, governments, private enterprise, whatever it needed to be that targeted uh, mental health in key car- targeted areas that they focus on every year. So they'll list five areas uh, for a given year and say, Let me send in your request for a proposal to fund uh, for those programs, and then they'll evaluate who gets funding. They pass 70-30, no organized opposition. Uh, one of the chief proponents, or our chief um, um, uh, kind of partners uh, was their Chamber of Commerce. Mm. Their Chamber of Commerce is so enthusiastic about it that they're willing to fly out here and sit with our Chamber of Commerce to discuss really? it. Really? Yeah. Wow. The Eugene Area Chamber? or yeah. For a tax increase that includes businesses, that's pretty remarkable. That is pretty... That um, doesn't sound to me like what I, <laughs> what I would expect to occur. Yeah. I wonder if um, one of the largest um, incentives for them is one thing I hear as coming from the business community and some of my friends who are um, owners and GMs of, of businesses all around town don't want to be strictly associated with this perspective is... Well, the unhoused and people having mental crises on the street are a blight on our streets, and they um, are deterring people from from engaging with our downtown locations. Um, and I wonder what. Well, I think that the part of the problem is they view everyone viewing them as the sole arbitrator of of the solution when they need to be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And this is not going to be solved by private enterprise. This is going to be solved by government. This is what government was designed for, and government is failing. <laughs> It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had asylums where people who were in need of, need of mental health care were treated. And there were horrors inside of the asylum um, uh, system, for sure. Right. But we took that one end of the pendulum and then swung back completely the other way. And now we have jails, emergency rooms in the streets that are the asylum for, for people now. And we just rotate them through this never-ending revolving door that is more cruel and more painful and more um, horrific to them than anything we ever had before. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a gentleman who goes to the Lane County Jail every month, and he is a totally rational person when he's on his medication, but he doesn't have the health care to remind him to get his his medical health care. And so when he goes off of it, his issue is he likes to smear his feces on walls. That's his thing, Mm -hmm. right? So he eventually gets picked up. He gets taken out of the ho- down to the hospital who treats him and then sends him to the, to the jail where he sits there for a couple weeks and does that until he gets back on his medication. And then he's fine. 
yeah. when you talk to him, he will tell you that he doesn't want to do these things. And he doesn't know why he does these things. Right. Right. He wants to get a job and he wants to have kids and he wants to be a productive part of our society. But our society doesn't care to give him the health care that he needs. Instead, sends him back for the small business owner to have to call the police to get him out of their stoop. How is that anybody's their responsibility? It's our responsibility. I think that there are people who don't, uh, who, 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 okay, there is a, there is an opposition to equity, right? So, so there is a lot of support for equity and understanding that people have different needs and, uh, equity. I always try to think of it as a means towards equality, sure. right? Um, and I think that's a clear example where, um, some people have different, uh, needs that they fundamentally, um, will allow them to function and be able to succeed and not cause um, trouble for the person who has to wipe the crap off the wall. Sure. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it seems like we, we, I would love for more people to hear those kinds of stories um, instead of, you know, I think a lot of people get their information on social media and then and a big um, source of it on there is local news. And then you look at the comments because you don't have time to read the article. And any time that mental health or um, houselessness or anything that touches or, or, or anything related to drug use or drug abuse is brought up. It seems there's a prevailing strong narrative in this county the, of um, anger and um, only pushing the personal responsibility um, <laughs> angle of things. Uh, I've, I've seen, you know, you, we became friends on Facebook and I see sometimes you will... Thank you for replying to people <laughs> who have such a woeful misunderstanding. Of they're, the just they're just wrong. They're just—I mean—they're just wrong. Uh, there's there's no way around it. And yeah. uh, this John McClain cowboy power through it—you're not going to power through diabetes. You're not going to power <laughs> through um, cancer. Uh, and it's it's insane, for lack of a better word, to suggest that the insane can, mm-hmm. and that we're going to blame people or shame them into sane. That's yeah. it, it, that is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. And so, um, if and, and to flip the, the the coin a little bit, you know, if we were to assume that the other side in this has got their mental health ducks in order, then the statistics would bear that out. But if you look at the statistics of who's committing suicide in this county, it is forty-five to sixty-year-old men mm. with a gun. Mm-hmm. So those are that demographic is the least likely to go get mental health checked up. Is the least likely to go get a prostate exam. Is the least likely. Uh, so if you're not dying from that, you're dying of prostate cancer. Um, <laughs> you know. So the idea that uh, we are all doing okay is wrong. We're not doing okay. Um, and the people that are in the most need of it are the most likely to say everything's fine. Don't worry about the house on fire. Yeah. Um, and it's your fault for asking the question. Yeah. It's not our fault for asking the question. It reminds me a little bit of a very sad story of. Um, the woman in Estacada who was uh, refused to get vaccinated, she was didn't like visits to the doctor, and she didn't she was afraid of needles. And she taught in their school district for uh, I think twenty years and was a beloved member of that community. Her name escapes me right now, but um, she's the first Oregon teacher that we've known to have died from COVID nineteen. Um, and that's I know that you are something of a political animal as well, you know, um, and and we both care about. Um, electoral issues mm-hmm. um, but I also um, just want it to not be a, necessarily a, a question of political and electoral um, conflict that we talk about these issues through it, it should be a, a universal understanding that this is something that our society cares about invests in and ameliorates um, 
And and that's just one of those things where I hate that it's just another culture war. Masks are a culture war. Vaccines are a culture war. Well, much and, like the vaccine or much like the the virus, mental health doesn't care who you vote for. No. Um, it'll attack and kill just as many people on the left as it will on the right. Um, more so if we don't pay attention to it, don't look for the warning signs, believe in the myths, um, and don't talk with one another. Um, but my best friend who died was conservative. Um, I have lots of friends who have suffer from depression and anxiety who are conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, more so since November, but <laughs> that's a yeah. different story. Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, but it, you know, we, we have to touch people. We have to, I, I heard a great quote, close the distance between the push button order and the human act, right? The, right. the in, insatiable need to just send a pithy, rude comment on Facebook that demeans someone um, and then just kind of move along. Well, someone's going to read that. You yep. know, uh, you know, I, one of my favorite uh, mental health stories of the past, you know, couple, you know 20 years now uh, was when Britney Spears, going back, way back when she shaved her head. Yeah. Uh, Craig Ferguson goes out and back when he had his talk show. Um, and everybody at late night had done their their stories of, of humor, right? They'd gone out there and done the jokes and the laughter and point fun. Everyone laughed at her. Yes. But he walks out there and says, because he knew mental addiction, because he had mental uh, issues because he was a and what is an alcoholic mm-hmm. um, went out there and said I'm not doing jokes about this woman this is a this is a baby and this is a woman who is having a problem and we should be giving her help we shouldn't be laughing at her yeah and that took guts you know yes, it and did. I mean that was that was impressive wow and everyone shut up for the most part for a little while afterward and I was really surprised and really thankful of that I think in that early early mid 2000s period too it wasn't nearly as common for um, late night comedians to get on a soapbox right it's like yeah. ever since Trump it was like that's constantly what right. they're doing <laughs> but but then no it was it yeah. was more fart jokes totally you know? yeah <laughs> um, so that is impressive I remember that that happening because everybody saw it at least like at the grocery store you walk yeah. by and see those terrible pictures uh like on the tabloids and and i was i don't know how i was born in 93 so if that happened around like i don't know 2004 i i was i was 11 <laughs> right um but but i could understand this is bullying you know yeah. this is not um well that's humane. not what social media does i mean it defines everybody down by the worst moment of their life and Seriously. you know it's all about well whatever i am i'm not that and mm-hmm. that's just not true you know everybody mm-hmm. has their dark moments everybody has their moments they kind of you know shirk away from and the idea that we're going to create these kind of perfect people all you're going to do is get, keep people to lie to you yeah um you know people are human they make mistakes it is right. what it is right you know and that if we present this outward image that everything is fine while you know the the darker darkness inside of us is growing um and we don't listen and try to communicate that to other people you're going to in a pretty tough spot for yourself i agree um and you know you you were kind enough to tell me a little bit about how you became personally invested in this topic and it did respond to a tragic trauma in in your life and the friends and the family of your friend um and and i want to also um i don't my goal isn't to make this all about me for for a moment but i think that um, you know, it's worth ex- uh, uh, bringing bringing out into the sunlight, as it were. Um, that that this is an issue that's deeply affected every member of my direct family. Uh, I want to protect um, their privacy, um, so I'll speak generally, and I'll say that um, you know, as a half Japanese person, um, you know, I, there's a very distinct um, and really strongly. Um, 
actively enforced stigma in the Japanese culture about it. Here, it's it's actively, but it's also very passively and uh, enforced, and it's enforced through omission, through through the lack of, of, of discussion around it, particularly for K through 12 children, etc. Um, whereas uh, it, it, you know, I hope I like to think recently they've been changing a little bit in Japan, but for the most part, it's a very aggressive. No, that's shameful. We do not talk about that, yeah. and that that really manifested in. You know, my parents got divorced in 2011. They they had a big conflict in 2011 that led to one of them being incarcerated, and uh, and and the divorce I think finalized in like 2012 or something. And um, you know, I think about what could have been done. I think everybody thinks of thinks about what could I have done. You know, and um, I, I I don't necessarily blame myself because I do I. I genuinely would stand in between them sometimes when they had these very um, loud uh, disagreements and arguments. And and um, and I, one thing that I really do think, though, as moving forward, I'm trying to commit myself to to being um, an activist on this issue is the simple fact that, you know, one of my parents really wanted them to go to couples therapy. The other person did not want at all for that to occur because it, it sounded like that was an omission that something with them was fundamentally wrong. Something was broken. Um, and I'm very disappointed that I couldn't have, again, I'm not trying to blame myself, but I do think I, maybe I could have entered that conversation more. What was I like 12, 13, 14, when this is, these conversations are happening, it, was, it would have been hard, but to be able to, to, to say, we can't just persist in this state state knowing that you know you you guys are not healthy with one another uh hating one another and also just um hating your own selves for the symptoms that you're experiencing and not having the support that you need um and you know i think could have things could have gone way way differently um and it sucks <laughs> yeah well i blaming yourself is is a is a thing i know a lot about <laughs> mm. um you know, it it's a it is a endless hold. You just don't go down. Uh, mm -hmm. There's you're looking for answers that can never be answered. Um, and uh, the best thing to do is to to focus. I think for my own version of it is to to focus on. You know, what can I do to make sure this doesn't happen to someone else? You know, that, that if for yourself, it's how do I break this chain? Because you know, you're part of a of a continuation, a cycle. So your job is to stop that cycle from happening again. Um, so all the pressure is on you to make that happen. You know, um, I think it's generational. Um, I don't know your parents, but yeah. um, there's, I'm sure, a, a generational um, component to it. Um, our generation is a lot more open to this kind of thing um, and talking about their feelings and talking about anxiety and depression. And that's the thing about mental health is, you know, we talk in these absolutes of these extremes, you know, bipolarism and, and schizophrenia and dementia and that kind of stuff. Those, mm -hmm. are, those are great and powerful parts of mental health to discuss. But anxiety depression costs this country 40 billion a year in lost productivity wow you know so <laughs> i mean that's that's a fortune 500 company times about two right so you know if we talk about those and talk about how we can address those without feeling the need to pop pills and and uh and go that route mm -hmm. uh, and prop up the pharmaceutical companies yeah. Yeah, yeah. um you know then how do we have a conversation that, that is healthy yeah. and i don't think that it comes from uh, shying away from the topic or pretending it'll go away or right. powering through it or any other, right. you know, 
Hallmark card right. <laughs> version we want to lie yeah. to ourselves about. Hey, I, I think that this is, I'm optimistic that we can get more people on board about this issue, regardless of, of who they voted for in the past, et cetera. Um, and, you know, I can't help but think when you talk about the economic loss of productivity sure. from it, like I've never really thought about that. I've probably heard that a stat like that before in the past and flipped right past it. But some person who's an aspiring CEO is going to be like, oh, crap, we got to fix that. Sure. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, it brings me back a little bit to um, the, the, the resources and the finances behind trying to make a public investment. Yeah. And um, there are I talked to people. Um, Rose Wildy, who's on the Lane ESD, mm-hmm. um, about how there are there's a pretty large contingent of people. <laughs> she is going to win tonight. Win tonight. <laughs> yes. We're talking on election day, so when when we get the podcast off, we'll we'll go oh. into who we think is going to win, <laughs> what races, and, et cetera. But um, so that's that's exciting for her to be in that position again. One thing she told me was there's a large contingent of people in this county who will simply not vote for any tax increase. Sure, and. That's your response to that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that comes from a, a, just a basic distrust of, of government ability to do its job. Yeah. Um, so part of it is um, our fault for not doing a better job. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is our, and from the wearing the hat of the public's job of hiring bad people. You know, democracy doesn't give you a good government. It gets you the ability to get rid of a bad one. That's mm-hmm. the difference, right? So if you don't <laughs> like... so true. We vote in opposition so much more than we think. Right. You know. So if you don't like things, the, the 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 trick is not to take your football and go home. The trick yeah. is to hire different people. <laughs> you yeah. know, you have the ability to fire people, fire them, mm-hmm. hire better people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's election day. There's a ballot in front of you. Yes. They're, the returns right now, what, 16%? Oh, my gosh. So it means 84% of the people are not hiring people today. That makes so, me want to run for school board at some point. Right? <laughs> you know? So it's hard for me to have to sit there calls. and it's kind of a double-edged sword. Because on the one hand, you want to say, well, to the 84%. You're not hiring these people, so why do you have the ability to complain about them? You know, mm-hmm. but on their hand, you look at the 16% of the people who are running and saying, "What are you doing to attract more of the 84?" Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about this particular bill is, is that most things electorally are, um, you know, the difference between poetry and prose. Right? Mm-hmm. We campaign in poetry, we govern in prose. Hmm. Um, it sounds great and it's theoretical, and we hope and rah rah rah, and then we go and do it, and we measure up some degree of reality versus the theory. This is, doesn't have that op- opportunity. We actually mm-hmm. have the ability to look to Denver and go, all right, it passed. How are they doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're doing great. The first two, two uh, checks they wrote were to cre- create a cahoots in Denver and to create cool. an alternatives for jail program cool. where people who are arrested for relatively minor crimes like disorderly conduct or trespassing Criminal or mischief. loitering, mischief, right? They're taken to a 24-hour crisis center. And they're allowed to kind of cool down, be partnered with a mental health professional, get on medication if they need to, have a pathway out. And most of them don't even transition to the justice system at all. They're just released. Wow. And the recidivism rate is through the floorboards. Wow. Right? Here in Lane County, we allocated to the 2020 budget a million dollars for a 24-hour crisis center, but allocated zero dollars to build it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh-huh. The Lane County Jail spends $6 million on health care for their prisoners, $3 million of which um, is on... Uh, for the mentally challenged, right? Mm-hmm. So for from people who are experiencing uh, mental health crisis, right? So it costs about three hundred thousand dollars per per deputy, All right? There's a lot of a lot of material to kind of ca- capitalize into one thought here, but you know we used to have about a hundred deputies patrolling Lane County. We now have about twenty two. 
Wow. Right? Because most of our money came from timber dollars. We don't have that money anymore. Mm. Right? So we're working with a fifth the amount of officers. So mm. I would think that not spending that $3 million on, on health care and instead converting it to 10 more officers or 50% more officers would be a better option. You mm. know, have more people on the street helping people out, whatever we wanted to do um, out in the county for folks. Um, at the same time, leaving the mental health to the mental health professionals, for which they're not trained to do um, mm-hmm. in the in the jail is a much better approach. So it sounds to me like with a lot of talk of defunding the police, um, that's de facto happened in terms of the loss of revenue that comes from, that used to come from timber money. Um, and, and I don't need to go take a huge turn into um, all of your thoughts on things that occurred under that banner of defunding the police uh, or or um, the perspectives in, um, that shared that, that slogan um, and continue to. But um, it's I, I'm uh, having a different discussion now than I think I expected to, yeah. because um, I don't commonly hear, uh, "Hey, let's engage with social justice by having more uh, deputies patrolling." Yeah, I, I, you're if you're going to go into places like Oak Ridge and and uh, Benita and Florence and get folks to say, "All right, talk to me about this this tax increase. How are you going to talk to me on my level?" Then you need to talk on their terms. Right. Mm. You're, you're talking to them and saying, give me a tax increase. And their their response is going to be, even if I was supportive of your idea, I'm going to support this tax increase. I'm never going to see the services out here. You know, you have cahoots. Good for you. It doesn't come out here to Fern Ridge. It doesn't come right. out here to Vanita. Right. You know, I heard from someone here locally who said, oh, well, Denver created uh, cahoots. They learned from our model. And so, no, actually, the other way around. They pay their cahoots market wages. Mm. Our cahoots pay 70 percent of market wages. So they figured out the model. We didn't. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Uh, Arkahoots is struggling to keep and retain qualified folks. The burnout rate is huge. Right. And it's because we're not funding it. Yeah. You know, they're the biggest arc biggest lie in Lane County is that this is a liberal county in a liberal city. <laughs> it's not. You know, there's the old line that you show me your budget. I'll show you your values. OK. Right. So I'll, I'll show you the budget. You show me where all the liberalism is. I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I. It doesn't mean that the people who are doing it are doing a bad job. There's only so much to work with, right? But there's this balance between what the county on the outside is willing to fund because they don't see the services because it's a failure of our ability to, to reach them on their level. Hmm. So if they want to call for a property crime or if there's a robbery and no one shows up, talking to them and saying, hey, I can get you another deputy, but you got to fund some mental health. That's a conversation we can have. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, I have heard that our county is very high in the number of nonprofits that exist um, per capita. Mm-hmm. So I think that it probably sounds like uh, a lot of that um, reputation that we have for taking good care of people who are vulnerable and or in need or marginalized um, might be a, a, a outsized burden on them. Sure. I mean, let's go back to NAMI for a moment, right? So mm-hmm. NAMI And then exists. I want to t- hear about the NAMI walks. Yeah, absolutely. So NAMI exists all over the country, right? We just have a chapter in Lane County. Um, Clackamas County, up by Portland, they get a million dollars from the county every year. Um, Clackamas is about the same demographic, same size, same socioeconomic, the whole, you know, down the, down the chart. Do you know how much Lane County gives its NAMI? Ooh, I don't want to give a guess. Goose egg. Zero. Zero. And not because the county doesn't want to give the money, not because NAMI doesn't want to accept the money, but because there's a recording snafu in terms of what the county is looking for from records from us and what we're willing to provide. Now, Clackamas hmm. had the same issues, but their county just said, we care about more people more, and we want to get um, 
treatment and, and more things done. So we're all willing to change the rules and Lane County just not. So mm. we leave a million dollars on the table. That's a million dollars of proven programs that could be working right now in Lane County that aren't because of bureaucratic snafus, which is so, crazy. So can you break that down for me? Because you, I'm not going to interview anybody who knows about that particular issue better than you. <laughs> so is it like an information privacy issue? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the county would want to know more about these individual clients yes. and you'd want to protect their privacy more. Yes. Okay. All right. Hey, I'm smart. I figured it out. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about any particular, um, you know, human level, like accomplishment that, that you've seen through NAMI, uh, Lane County and your time there that just, um, it, you know, that you, that you stand proud of. Well, and just mental health, mm-hmm. uh, during the, during the pandemic, we, we trained just about every bank teller, um, in the city. Uh, on what to look for for suicide ideation and what to look for because my our thought was and right during the pandemic was people are about to lose their homes are about to lose their jobs are about to lose their businesses they're gonna be coming in here and from a, the business tellers all the business tellers know all the business owners um, I'm a business owner I know my bank tellers name I know the kids names I've seen them play the soccer so you're gonna know when they come in and they're acting different right so the bank teller becomes the bartender becomes the barista, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're going to be able to identify when someone might be in crisis. If they're liquidating their account and giving it to their kids, yeah, um, you know, little things like that. Um, and then we set about a program to train uh, through um, almost like a mental health neighborhood watch. Um, people who are taxi cab drivers and again, baristas and bartenders, because it's it's honestly the people who serve you beer at night and coffee in the morning that know more about your small town than mm. anybody else <laughs> so you're gonna know if bill comes in and bill's not acting like himself you know right. and so we just turned everybody into a listening post wow um, we trained over a thousand people this past year wow um which is pretty cool for volunteers <laughs> that's amazing yeah so cool i mean the suicide went right right went down i'm not claiming credit for it but i'll take the i'll take the win i mean <laughs> right absolutely <laughs> in mental health there's very few times you have some points on the board so yeah <laughs> i feel heartened by that and i didn't do anything <laughs> um get involved everybody get involved yeah. with with nami lane county um how can people get involved so this uh this weekend this saturday we're having a nami walk it's our annual walk it's our biggest fundraiser of the year we try to raise about twenty thousand. we're about twelve thousand right now which is on par to beat last year's numbers uh it's a virtual walk uh which is weird (laughs) um that'd be funny you get two people participating and they're both like on their phones and they both (laughs) do each other (laughs) i was thinking is it like sim city where you get people to like walk i mean like no (laughs) um so the idea is is it becomes your you personalize it however you want right so if you want to go walk your neighborhood if you want to walk your your um your friend's neighborhood, if you want to just spend a little bit of a moment online and talk about your own mental health challenges or your friends or family or how you're doing, um, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who hasn't been impacted by mental health in the past year. Um, and frankly, if, you, if, it's, if you're having a hard time, the people around you are lying to you. Yeah. Um, and it's your job, if you love them, to press them. Um, mm. It's not okay to just simply say, how are you doing, then move on. Just simply do some probing questions. It's not that hard. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so anyway, on Saturday, that's what we're going to be doing. I'm going to be walking along the riverfront you know, here in the river road, um, talking about my friend and my own struggles in mental, uh, mental health and, you know, what 2020 has been like, what 2021 looks to be like, uh, and hoping that other people kind of engage in that dialogue. Um, you know, as much as I would love the money, uh, to, to donate to NAMI, by all means, feel free to donate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would 
much rather prefer to see my Facebook feed be filled with my friends in in around my area talking about mental health because that permeates outward, um, both and good and bad. Because every time you talk about back to the Britney Spears thing, every time you do something um, in that regard, like a good one of an example would be. Um, uh, Caitlyn Jenner just announced that she's going to run for governor of California, right? Yes, she did. Not my cup of tea for her politics, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the comments had nothing to do with her political platform. It had everything right. to do with you, what you expect it to be about, right? Right. So in addition to that being just totally scummy, but yeah. what you're doing is you're training all of your friends to look to you as an intolerant person who they can't come to if they're in crisis. That if right. You, that's what it is. So you just turn me off. I can never come to you because you're a judgmental person, right? Mm. So instead of doing that for your two seconds of schadenfreude, um, how about look to that person as a human being, talk to them about policy, that's fine, or just shut the hell up and don't talk about it at all, right. <laughs> you know, and actually be a gateway for your friends and, and your family. Right. Hey, if we weren't um, in such a really awesome conversation about mental health, we'd go into Caitlin. And, <laughs> and one thing is, you know, this... I have to be very clear that I'm not vic- trying to victim blame here, and I don't think that I am. But um, it, it is one of those things as well where I wish there were more policy to talk about. Um, yeah. <laughs> of course, you could talk more about her that isn't just critiquing the fact that she is an out trans woman. Yep. Um, but but you know, it's one of those uh, political campaigns. It's like everything <laughs> that I find uh, not so. In, uh, pleasant about politics is like let's have a nice pretty website with a pretty logo you can buy merch you can <laughs> donate and i'm gonna say that i'm here uh to champion the everyman or whatever right, right. <laughs> it's like tell me one thing that you're actually gonna do like what's one regulation you're actually like opposed to instead of just i'm anti-regulations right you know <laughs> so um that's interesting but but yeah i think there's something really to be said about about that um and and when we talked about britney spears um, I really liked the New York Times documentary that came out recently about sure. her. Did you get a chance to see that I one I haven't yet? seen it. Um, right. I hear it's incredibly powerful. Yeah. It's about the conservatorship over her assets right. and over her ability to work um, where she's she's still doing shows and, and, like, and makes a lot of money for other people but doesn't have any say over that money. And I think that it would be very um, difficult for me to believe that the way that, um, you know, the judges and the system have – um, been able to accept that she deserves or merits that kind of treatment uh, had nothing to do with the media and, and had nothing to do with the way that, that she was painted as this completely, yeah. um, you know, off her rocker person. Um, it just goes back to the stigma. Human beings are human beings. It's like, yeah, I, I love that. I, I want to think, I'm going to think about that more. Like what does my friend's hatred of insert famous person here say about, I'm not trying to be more judgmental of my friends, by any means. <laughs> but but you know, well, Sean are real. You feel like you're punching up, but sometimes it's like yeah. Eh. <laughs> people are watching. Yeah, <laughs> and they're always watching. Yeah, you know, I mean, social media is a is a good avenue for for some things and an absolutely terrible for for other aspects of it. Yeah, you know, we conflate likes with value, and it's just not. Um, they're it's just not. I think our our participation in it too can uh it offers us so little by the way of our own rights and agency like i wish i had more control over so many different things one of them being um you know 
so my girlfriend and we're in a close relationship it says we're in a relationship so that's okay cool but if i go ahead and if i just say i'm liking an event or going to go liking a, po- a post it might come up in her feed mm-hmm. and i just i'm like eh. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want i don't want that because what that signals to me i'm not ashamed of the fact that i like what i uh, what i like um but it signals to me they um are really invested in especially in a, a platform like facebook that has seen greater engagement probably in the past than it is seeing now is in making it seem like all your friends are here all your friends are here dan do you see what chris said you see what matt said Mm -hmm. see what celine said Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) (laughs) there's a the social dilemma if you had a chance to see that i love it yeah it's it's exactly true i mean we're we are in a in a tough spot where it's we are the product I know, know. <laughs> that the best line that whole thing was only drug companies and, and uh, social media platforms consider their customers users. users. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. 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 Um, well, let's talk a little bit about um, we could either talk about music or I wanted to ask you about um, the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's finish and say, how can people get inv- involved in the NAMI walks? Just search it. Literally come out this Saturday. Um, uh-huh. uh, if you want to donate, there's uh, any number of different ways you can. Just go mm-hmm. on anami.org um, and uh, and donate. Um, you can check out their page locally if you want. Um, but this Saturday, get online. Talk about mental health. Talk about um, your own experiences with it. Um, I hope this will come out before um, Saturday. It will. Um, good. Um, but, uh, you know, call your mom. Call your brother. Call your friends. Mm-hmm. Um be a better person <laughs> <laughs> right on i like you that. know i like that because we can all be better and be <laughs> honest I, it's there's nothing wrong with saying i'm feel depressed i feel anxiety you know yeah. I, I the number of friends of mine who are not just necessarily local but um around the country who are leaders and elected members who have told me this has been a horrible year and i've had suicidal ideation and i've had depression i mean there's nothing wrong with that yeah you know what's wrong is bottling it all up inside and pretending like it's going to go away <laughs> absolutely how's not. it working for your diabetes <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah or your diarrhea yeah um <laughs> hey so that's a good segue not at all into any of the things i mentioned um so what because there is this um connection between uh, the lgbtq plus community yeah. um and and mental health issues you know and i think it's one of those um really it's one of the things even I feel like really I have to be careful talking about it sure. because there is unfortunately um, the extreme um, dismissal of these issues will include terms like, you know, you're not trans, you're just crazy or, you know, like, like you, you, you guys are just have a mental health condition, like gender dysphoria, like you have a, you have a, uh, something wrong with you, yeah. you know? And um, so I want to know as you're the president of Nami Lane County, like how, how do your services um, affirm? I assume there's probably like a group or some groups. Yeah, um, exactly. And so there's it is a very tough uh, line to walk because you don't want the issue of mental health to be tied to the community because you're in 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 a, in a direct you know cause and effect because you want people to say oh they're they're here because they're mentally ill you know <laughs> that's not <laughs> anything yeah. close to to reality right, right. but 
the parts of that community that are experiencing mental health crisis because they're a member of that community um, doesn't get talked about a lot. The suicide rate for right. folks, um, especially the younger folks, um, yeah. is off the chart, right? Because we don't talk about it and there aren't as many communities available to them. So one of the things that we're trying to talk about is is creating an actual video archive where you could log on um, and like we'll use me as an example. I log on and say I have suicidal ideation. And I, I look up and I'm trying to find someone who looks like me. Um, you're going to get someone else who doesn't register with me, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm able to put in, you know, 40-year-old white male, um, thin, depression issues, you know, whatever else that, that might, you know, characterize me theoretically. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a video pop up of someone who looks just like me telling me about their problems. Then I can identify with them, mm. right? Uh, because if I do my video that tells my story... And I'm trying to someone from the BIPOC community. How am I going to reach that person? Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, okay, well, that's great for you, but yeah. that doesn't reach me. Yeah. Right. So that's that's kind of the, the the pathway we have to get to. So we have to have more people talking from the community and being able to offer up help you know, where where it's met, and then pushing back on on the people who um, are there to just disparage. Right. 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 Those people have no right to the conversation. If somebody found your email address now and said that I am a I'm a person with any kind of marginalized identity and I, I want to film one of these videos. Would you be able to? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's a cool way to get involved. It's yeah. a really cool way to get involved. And some of y'all like me, you like attention. You like to be on camera. <laughs> so do it for a good cause. Um, and then, so I can't let anybody get away with having these conversations. Um, and I, without talking about music Okay. and you know, there is an artist that you mentioned, uh, that rhymes with blank Benastra, so not, uh, <laughs> blank Benatra, and uh, I don't really care about that person's music. And it's harder; for, it's a little hard for me to say because when, when I think of music and mental health, like I, there are a lot of artists that come to mind. But <laughs> <laughs> like Frank Sinatra connect. wasn't one of them. No, uh, all right. no. But but you know, we talked on the phone. You yeah. like Frank? I like Fly Me to the Moon. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go Dan, Dan Isaacson, oh, the music man. discussion. Uh, you know, I, I fear the best way is just, I'll just open up my iPad and I'll just go through some of the, some of the oh, songs man. I'm listening to, man. Um, wow. you know, uh, I won't tell you that I was just listening listen to Katy Perry because I'm not going to have that conversation. She um, just released a, po a Pokemon song called Electric. <laughs> she's running around with this a isn't Pikachu. Help, this the... isn't helping my <laughs> argument. <laughs> uh, Chris Clafford. I like Chris Clafford. Uh, Post Malone. Um, Post Malone's got a good voice. He, he does. He has a surprising voice. Yeah. You don't expect. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's, and uh, it's is, gruff, but it's pretty. It's gruff, but it's pretty. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I like Macklemore. Um, I do like Taylor Swift. I don't care. <laughs> Taylor Swift is great. Um, I love. Uh, I love what she's doing about trying to trying to re-record all of her freaking albums. Like, who else could do that? Well, you I know also, she's doing that because like the rights to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She wants the rights to it yeah, instead yeah. of this predatory previous. Um, contractual thing that she's had to go through well, i also and love how really hard she's worked for her what she yeah. has i mean she, that, that girl has worked her ass off yeah to get where she has it isn't right. like you know so much of music now is just this kind of cookie cutter just oh we found someone let's mm -hmm. just lego build their their career and then push them off in front of people for about five years until they you know flame out have you seen her miss americana documentary I on have. netflix yeah all right yeah. well that's another situation where it goes into the mental health and the bullying totally the bullying of a public figure and I would have loved her until uh, she had an opinion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, shoot, if I was from Tennessee, I probably wouldn't uh, 
have nice things to say about Marsha Blackburn either. <laughs> <laughs> I thought what she said was pretty benign for <laughs> what she could have yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. But I mean, you know, she's got 100 million followers and yeah. um, one of the richest women in, in uh, country music and she doesn't, and she has a, a large microphone and she should be able to use it. Right. You know? Right. Um, and that, the funny part is that, uh, not to get off on our right versus left here, but, right. you know, the whole idea of cancel culture. Do we not remember the Dixie There are chicks? some Republicans I like, by the way. Um, yeah, Marsha Blackburn is not really one of them. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Dixie Chicks. Who go by the Chicks now. Right. But, um... <laughs> I mean, do we not forget that they were completely canceled because they had an opinion? So, Absolutely. apparently, it's the, the cancel culture only exists if you're canceling things I don't like. Yep. So, that, yep. that seems bizarre to me. Yep. And it is a thing where, um, you know... It, 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 I, I have seen it play out in, in unjust ways that I've believed to be unjust ways or unfair or cruel ways towards people all across the political spectrum. And so that's why I do want to recognize that, you know, we could be less quick to pile on about people or, or really um, the path to redemption. I think is an important component that that gets mi- that that is missing. So that's why I want it to be seen as something that we can have a real conversation about. How do we move forward and recognize that people are human beings who make mistakes? Um, I don't like that it's Trump, just Trump, like talking about it. You know, like well, that's the yeah, it's the, to- the toxicity of the past four years. But yeah, I, for me, it's like. I can distance myself from the professional person that I'm buying into, mm-hmm. whether it's a songwriter or a comedian or whatever. I like Louis C.K. I think he's funny as hell, mm. right? I think we did was abhorrent, mm. right? So you know yes. what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to go to a hotel room with him, <laughs> you yeah. know? But I'll go. I'll listen to some of his comedy, <laughs> mm. right? So the same thing with Dixie Chicks. Like mm. I can like their music and disagree with them politically. Is that mm-hmm. is that such a? Can we not? Do we have to literally identify with everything they possibly do? Oh, they like cornflakes. I don't like cornflakes. I can't be a part of them or life anymore. Mm. That just is insane. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I think we, we have to have some degree of listening to the the whole person, mm-hmm. um, but then also kind of separating out the parts and putting everything in balance. Mm-hmm. And then the people who, you know, make their whole life about one little aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know, I think they're the vocal minority and just kind of just push <laughs> them off on the side and move on. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well... We're going to have to end because I love cornflakes and he doesn't. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else we could talk about, man. Uh, uh, do you like hip hop at all? <laughs> <laughs> I like Jay-Z. I think he's probably one of the smartest people in uh, in show business. Jay-Z is absolutely incredible. Um, and I. it's really sad to me that he and Kanye fell out so much. I do not like Kanye. You don't like not Kanye? Even a little tiny bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I think that that he, uh, but then then again, I could I could tell you that like that's a person who's been very public about his mental health struggles. That is true. Um, but but I like that. Okay, let's get to the place where <laughs> you can just really dislike Kanye, and I don't think you're ableist about it. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I mean, <laughs> there should be people who, who bring it out into the forefront, and uh, that that isn't. A condition of whether or not you like them right. it just is a component of them as a person yeah. i <laughs> yeah. i welcome his ability to go and make more albums i'm not going to buy any of them <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah yeah absolutely um well what um are any misconceptions about mental health as a topic that you um think are out there that we maybe haven't addressed yet uh in suicide that if you talk about it, it's gonna uh, perpetuate it 
Um, yeah. That, uh, well, one of my favorite ones is... people talk about suicide contagion. Yeah, doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, the other one is uh, if, if I take away the means that they're, you know, like, for example, guns, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, men shoot themselves, women poison themselves. That's, that's how it works, mm. right? So the argument is, well, if, if I take away his gun, he's just going to, you know, do something else. No, he doesn't. Mm. Um, people who statistically survive a suicide attempt will tell you they have a very specific plan. And if you remove any element of that plan that is instrumental to completing it, they don't do it. Wow. Wow. So, um, you know, if you are in questioning about a loved one or family member who has access to a gun and they're a man and um, between the ages of 45 and 60... Um, all the and living in Cottage Grove or Florence or Junction City or Lane County, mm-hmm. um, all little red flags should be going off, mm. um, and you shouldn't um, stray from them. You know, mm. especially on the idea that I don't want to be wrong, I don't want them to be mad at me. I promise you, from personal experience, um, mm. being wrong is better. Mm. Well, I think that's really interesting about guns. Um, it makes me think a little bit about um, Beto O'Rourke. I wanted to bring him up earlier as another example, a Democrat example of, you know, he launched his website for president, didn't have hardly any content, but it had a merch store, you know, <laughs> and that was his, maybe his downfall is he thought he was really going to be the charming, good looking, tall, strapping gentleman from Texas um, who had that, um, you know, somewhat heroic run against Ted Cruz that didn't succeed, but did pretty well. Um, and then, you know, not having enough of that substance and then and then kind of um it's a it's a real hard um sell in this country for the the issue that people most know you for to be guns um uh if you're trying to win as a democrat um and you know i i have a lot of friends who are responsible gun owners and i also know of people i'm not close with people who are not very responsible gun owners and that's a conversation that i wish we could have more but um, yeah, that's that's a, a reason why I have no plan to own a gun is because I believe it is much more likely to um, damage me <laughs> and possibly end my life than it would be to protect my life. Um, and I guess maybe you could say there are certain privileges inherent in in that in terms of where I live. Like if I was, I don't know, uh, I trust that my my apartment is uh, secure enough. Let's say, you know, I'm not living out on the street right now. You're not part um, of a homestead. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, and, um, but that that is something where I I do recognize that I've had mental health um, symptoms in the past that no. that um, led to uh, feelings of grandeur and high uh, big highs and big lows. Um, I really I really have never. Uh, I don't believe that if I were to make a plan that it, w- if I had a suicidal ide- ideation, it would involve a gun. But I just don't like it being in the mix, in that in that kind of possibility. Uh, you know, it's, if it's not part of the equation, then it's not part of the equation, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, the other aspect is just being direct. Some um, just simply saying, to "Someone, are you thinking about harming yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about killing yourself?" Um, I mean, that, that those are powerful words, and they're and people rarely want to want to question a very simple question to folks um you know but people will honestly will tell you a lot of times if if they're thinking about it because they're 
they're needing help. But the idea that it's selfish, that an idea that it's um, a cowardly act, most people will tell you that they, the reason they did it is because they thought they were already being selfish to their family by sucking the air out of every room or out mm. of uh, uh, draining on them emotionally. They thought that you know that they're helping by doing it. So if a family member confronts them and says, "We value life more than your death." Um, you know, we're, we're afraid for you. We want to get you help. We're here for you. That, those are powerful things, you know, Absolutely. um, because the, the survivor's guilt is way worse. The survivor's mm -hmm. guilt is, you know, emotional self emulsion, you know, this continual rewinding of the clock in your head of what could I have done? What could I have, have uh, could I have done this? Could I have done that? Um, I mean, that, that is a rabbit hole my, myself that I go through daily, weekly, hourly, minute by minute, um, that will be there for the rest of my life. Okay. Um, what is the ideal that you could see in the future? And this is just totally untethered to what is politically possible. Yeah. But right now, um, in your trip here and in my trip here to Emerald Park, um, maybe we even visibly could see, um, or at least a sign that um, mental health in our community is not uh, thriving. And let's let's take let's take that away, and let's think about. This might be my, my last question unless you have anything else you want to talk about. You know, um, you observe somebody who is looking, uh, maybe you know this person. Maybe they're, they're somebody you, who's been a colleague in the past and the behavior they're exhibiting is not, uh, it, it concerns you and it seems erratic, unstable. Um, what is the ideal thing that then happens from there in Lane County? The, the ideal thing from, from a societal standpoint or for my own personal Either way, um, get involved. Mm -hmm. I mean, become an active participant, become a verb um, mm -hmm. in your in your friend or family member's life. Mm -hmm. um, don't take no for an answer. Um, you know, uh, don't just simply go, well, that person seems like they're struggling and then move on to your life. I mean, it's it doesn't take up a whole lot of your, your time to, to become a little bit involved. It doesn't mean you have to run their life. It just means that you can connect with them. And that, maybe that'll do the difference. Um, from society's standpoint, it is far cheaper to treat people than to deny them care mm -hmm. uh, it benefits me that you get health care it, it benefits me that you are in a better position i'm more likely to be able to hire you i'm less likely to get robbed i'm, I'm more likely to have uh, my kids grow up in a healthy school i mean I all, knew this all, guy was a freaking marxist <laughs> <laughs> you know all these things have ripple a benefit to you that doesn't go uh, directly on I know, to you i know sacrilege. what um, <laughs> you know uh, all those things happen because yeah. we take an active interest in folks and it's like i said it's cheaper um mm -hmm. if we want to spend less money in a more efficient way than uh kicking people out on the street who are enabled unable to care for themselves and hoping that somehow miraculously uh, they're touched by some omnipotent power that cures them is a rather bizarre healthcare policy as far as i'm concerned right okay <laughs> hey man it's a good place to end it yeah man i really appreciate your chat and you guys check out nami lane county and hopefully we'll chat again sometime definitely all right yeah. bye everybody take care <laughs>